I'm Damien Fowler. And I'm George Sluffel. And welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast. The Current is your deep dive into the future of TV, media, and data privacy, all explained in plain English. And today we talk shop with Alison Witherspoon, the US CMO of Nissan. Alison became the chief marketer in 2019, and one of her early challenges was to manage the brand during the transformative year that was 2020. And that included how people are buying cars. They're not going to dealerships anymore, but instead shopping on their smartphone. Alison's going to tell us about how it's navigating this shift through its new initiative, Nissan at Home. I've always been drawn into cars, and it goes back to even when I was younger. I really loved the feeling of driving and the performance of vehicles in several different respects, including safety, but also the liberation piece of it. I first learned how to drive a stick on a Nissan 300ZX Turbo. So I think I got pretty close to burning it out, Um, but it was my older brother's car and it was just magical, especially being able to learn how to drive stick on it. I know that specific car, especially growing up, was very idolized by me and my friends. It's a very sexy car. It is. Just out of curiosity, what is your bread and butter when it comes to the number one Nissan that you guys put out year after year? The number one selling car is the Nissan Rogue. So that's our SUV. And it just went through a redesign, complete top to bottom redesign last year. And the new one, the design is incredible. The interior is just a complete glow up, especially in that categories of SUV. And some of the icons are, the Z is obviously a massive icon for us. It's been around for decades. It has kind of this cult following. We're going to be launching the new one this coming year. I have so much love for that vehicle just personally because my brothers and I kind of our favorite car growing up and my older brother had a few Z's and it's still in the family actually. Pearl white, red interior, T-tops, it was full 90s, but in all of its glory. One day, hopefully I can drive a Nissan Fairlady Z, which to the car junkies out there, they know what I'm talking about. But now I'm really confused because I was thinking I should get a Rogue because I'm a family man. But on the other hand, I kind of really want one of those too. So I could sort of hit my (laughs) midlife crisis thing. Get both. Yeah, get both. Why not? Lean all the way into that midlife crisis. I say go for it. Yeah, I get a red one. I wanted to shift gear. Sorry, that's a terrible pun in a car podcast. But we're going to be talking about, you know, digital media. And I wrote a story for our publication, which we call The Current, about a CTV video platform called Fuel, which is launched by Cars.com which is all about enabling auto dealers to focus their local ad dollars on consumers who are in the market for a car. The advice from the founder was go where the action is in terms of the consumer. So I wanted to ask you, you know, how has the shift to digital enabled you to go where the action is? This is one of the most interesting things that's taken place. And I think it's really accelerated in the last five years, but I would say really, really accelerated since COVID-19. And I think what's nice about using digital marketing channels and the platforms that we have available now is that it's so much more based on what consumers are looking for versus this top down from the ivory tower at the auto manufacturer of we're going to tell you about one car and here's where it is. And what I think is really interesting about digital marketing is that we can deliver messaging to consumers based on what they're interested in. And because of the cues that consumers are leaving for us, we can create 
so much more customized and impactful messaging than just kind of one size fits all. Because let's be honest, I think we've already talked about you want to get a new car, but you're considering two very different vehicles. What I really enjoy is being able to deliver something to consumers that is valuable and is relevant to them. What's fascinating to me now is the traditional way of selecting and buying a car is really changing. And some of that, of course, has been fueled by the pandemic in the last couple of years. And I know on your watch, you created something called Nissan at Home, which leans into that radical departure, if you like. You know, and I think about buying a car, you think about going to a showroom, test driving it, taking it out. But now I understand you, you don't even have to go anywhere near a showroom. You can buy it completely online. Is this the future of car shopping or does it only apply to those whippersnappers, Gen Z digital natives? I think it's a little bit of all of the above, to be honest. And I think it goes back to because we have all of these channels and we're so much more in tune and aware of what consumers are shopping for, we can create experiences based on what they're interested in. And to take another automotive pun, consumers are in the driver's seat. And I think if they want to go to a dealership and they want to do what we call kicking the tires, there is absolutely that experience. And what's different now is that there is now also the experience of if you want to do all of that researching process, the configuration process, the financing process, and actually purchase the vehicle, you can now do that completely online with Nissan at home. And the vehicle can be delivered to your home without ever getting off of your couch. What we're seeing is that the people that are wanting to shop this way, they do skew a little bit younger. They are more of the digital natives. But the conversion, I think, is what's really interesting. People that are interested in that, they tend to convert at a higher rate and almost 20% higher than what we're seeing through the more traditional process. And so I think that there will always be a need for physical dealerships and that showroom visit. I think that that is going to be very, very important, at least for the mid to long term. It may evolve over time, but I think that will be there. And I think this is now that additional experience on top of that for whatever, whoever consumer is looking to buy and to shop that way. I'm just an old fogey and I love going to the dealership and kicking the tires. One of the things that I was thinking of is like automakers, they're the masters of creating campaigns that romance the brand. Could you talk to us about one of your recent campaigns, such as the Rogue Going Rogue campaign, which features an Academy Award winning actress, Brie Larson, showing off her driving skills. How does that fit into your overall marketing plan? So we started working with Brie in early 2020, and we were working with her first to launch our all-new center at the time. We were at the very beginning of launching 10 new models in 20 months, and we wanted to have some consistency with that. And we wanted to give a different flavor of the brand than what consumers had been seeing and a much more thrilling view of Nissan. The idea was around, you know, this Rogue is this vehicle that can take you anywhere. It can be off-road, it can be desert driving, it can be on the road, in your neighborhood. It really has the ability to take you anywhere, and you can go anywhere with your family. And so we were using that, and that was the overall campaign of this Rogue Gone Rogue. And then we also had Brie Larson at the end to kind of be that punctuation point at the end of the spot. And think what we're seeing is, you know, this idea of positioning Nissan as a much more thrilling car brand than what people have probably seen of us in the past. 
And maybe what's different than the competitive set, which right now there's a lot of discussion about mobility, and we don't want to lose the love of driving. And so that's where we feel we can really lean into. And so that's what we've been working on and having Bree to help us tell that story adds that consistency. It helps us really dig in. People are able to remember Bree's association with Nissan, which helps us to stand out. It's obviously very important to tell that big brand story, you know, that carries over for years, I guess, in many cases. And you've also talked a lot about contextually relevant ads and how important that is when we get further down the funnel and all, and all of that. I've got a kind of like a, a what if. I'm about to have a second child with my wife and we're already thinking about a bigger car. So my question is, how would a digital campaign nudge me in the right direction? What usually happens is there are kind of some set moments that start to accelerate the need for vehicles. And I think having a child, getting married, graduating from college, your space needs are going to increase. And so it's understanding that. And I think consumers are able to give us these signals through how they're searching, what are the different types of content that they're interested in. And then that enables us to see what they're interested in. And then we use predictive modeling to try to anticipate what type of car they may need. And then from there, develop creative that's going to be bespoke to those needs and then deliver that where the consumers are consuming content. That's kind of the holy grail. And you need to be able to do that across your entire lineup. I think the things that are changing really quickly now is around privacy policies and this idea of cookie-less world. And we also want to make sure that we're able to deliver contextually relevant messaging to consumers based on what they're interested in, but do that in a privacy safe way. This is an ever evolving thing. I think it's going to look very different in a couple of years than it does today, but our objective is still the same. How can we deliver that contextual relevant messaging, but do that now in a privacy safe way? And it's always been safe the way that we've been doing this, but now it's more regulated. You have different platforms that are changing the functionality and some of the backend solutions. And we're adapting to that. I want to ask you a different question. Obviously, like we've seen in the headlines, which is there's all sorts of supply chain woes. It's impacting everyone. As a CMO, when a brand like Nissan is grappling with these supply chain issues, what does something like that do to marketing? We're still in the middle of it. I would say the boot camp to get us ready for this was actually last year at the beginning of the pandemic. Everything in a matter of hours just completely changed. And that moment and then everything after that helped prepare us for where we are today with the supply chain issues. And that all of a sudden we had to become so agile and nimble in how we responded to what was going on in the external environment. It used to be the case that you would have, you know, six to 12 months sometimes to prepare for a campaign. And now in the middle of last year, we had a matter of hours But we got very good last year in scenario planning, being able to adjust as the market dynamics change. Production was shut down for most automotive manufacturers last year, if not all. And so we had a little bit of a preview into what this looked like. And I think as we started to understand the full impact of the supply issues that we're experiencing in the automotive industry, you know, now we have that scar tissue from that last year, and it's just about tapping into it. And I think from a team standpoint, it's about transparency and communication and understanding when you need to move and when you need to kind of wait and let things settle just a little bit, which I think is what we've been doing, especially over the last few months and not being overly reactionary. But when is the right time to really make a change? 
Yeah, thanks. That's fascinating. Another kind of major macro shift that's happening, obviously, is the waning years of the gasoline engine, I suppose. But, you know, we're talking a lot about electric vehicles and how car makers are moving into that space. And I know that Nissan recently joined the UN-backed Race to Zero campaign, which, as I understand it, aims for 100% of EVs by the early 2030s. And many other automakers are following suit. As we leave this internal combustion engine behind in the next decade or so, what are the big challenges for Nissan, for you, when it comes to moving into this space and convincing people to make that switch? We have a legacy in electric. You know, we, we had the very first electric vehicle, which was actually the Tama. And this goes back a few decades ago. And so we've been doing this for a minute. We also launched the Nissan Leaf over 10 years ago. It's now getting ready to turn 11. So it's almost a teenager now. And so I think we have that background. We also have a dealer network that understands what the needs are when it comes to servicing electric vehicles. What we know consumers are interested in and maybe some potential barriers are going to be around range anxiety and cost of ownership. And knowing that those are some concerns, how do we make sure that we can highlight the range piece of it? Also, the ability to charge and what that charging infrastructure looks like and how we are a part of building out what that infrastructure is and also give them peace of mind that we're going to be there to help service the vehicles. And so I think we know that these are barriers for the consumers that are new to electric. We can help deliver contextually relevant messaging about those particular potential barriers that we know consumers have. And another piece of this, I guess, is the political, economic, cultural context around these efforts. And I think when we were talking before, you had mentioned working with the administration on the infrastructure bill. I'm wondering what your priorities are, you know, in terms of that space and how connected that is to the future of EVs. Yeah, our top priority is delivering amazing electric vehicles for consumers. And I think what we're looking for when it comes to infrastructure and how we are part of helping build that out is how do we create infrastructure that's available to everyone? And so it's much more inclusive. And so that's what we're working with different partners on and then also in discussions with the administration on. But what I can say is that where Nissan is coming from is it's about electric vehicles for all. I, I want to ask this and please correct me if I'm wrong. Looking at AdAge's data center fact pack, GM is the 10th largest advertiser overall. It spends more than Walmart. I think it's like $3 billion in measured media in the U.S. And then, you know, someone like Toyota is number 39. Nissan was 49 in that category. So that tells me you guys have to be a little bit more scrappy. And as a CMO, like, are there any examples that you can share where you guys are basically like scrappy and it's paid off and it's made an impact? Does anything come to mind? It starts first with the center ad. You know, it's an entry sedan. You know, you don't see a lot of manufacturers that are bringing in Academy Award winning actresses that are a part of that. What we know that we need to do is we aren't the biggest spender in the marketplace, but we know that everything we do has to punch above its weight. And so we really set the bar high for ourselves. And we always call it swing for the fences, especially when we're looking at launching these models. And how do we do that? Not only through the creative platform and the messaging that's part of it, but also how we reach consumers because every dollar counts and we have to make the most out of it. And so I think these are the types of things where we're trying to approach things differently and not try to replicate what all of the other brands are doing. But what we're really focusing on is how do we deliver thrilling messaging and thrilling experiences for our consumers for Nissan? And the focus is on that. 
Excellent. And, you know, to kind of change gears here a little bit, Nissan has consistently participated in cultural moments around the world. I'm thinking of the She Drives campaign for aspiring female drivers when Saudi Arabia allowed women to drive in 2018, which is just maddening when you think about that. Or leaning into the college football kickoff for your Animal Heisman House campaign. Can you tell us a little bit more about how Nissan's philosophy and how it chooses its moments and why diversity, why equality and inclusion is important to the Nissan brand? I was actually in Saudi Arabia when that campaign kicked off and the very first week that women were allowed to drive in 2018. And I have to say it was such a humbling experience. It was amazing to be a part of. We did a lot of going around and kind of interviewing women and understanding what is it that they're looking for. And I think one of the big takeaways that I had is that there was so much pressure on them to be good drivers that they were really looking for vehicles to help enhance their driving capability. When you think about blind spot warning, around view monitor, those are examples of technology that Nissan has that can help support that. When it comes to how to be a part of culture, it's about inserting ourselves into those cultural moments in relevant ways. And again, going back to what we've been talking about, how are you relevant in moments like college football, which is how we came up with the Heisman House campaign. And so when we look at our partnerships, we're really looking at how can we insert ourselves into the conversation, but do it in a way that's relevant for consumers. And I think for us as a brand, inclusivity and belonging is a really important part of our internal culture. And it's something that we are also working to reflect within our marketing. And I think we want to be able to provide thrilling driving experiences and innovation and excitement for everyone. Just super cool. I'm Middle Eastern. I spent time in the Middle East as a journalist. I think it's really amazing that you were there for that campaign. You can only imagine how humbling that experience must have been. I like to ask CMOs such as yourself, in your opinion, what is the next big thing? What channel do you see being like the next big thing that's going to disrupt digital marketing? I think virtual experiences, everything is about video right now. And I think the next big thing is going to become virtual experiences. When I was the head of marketing for Infinity, one of our big things was, you know, how do we allow people to drive concept cars? You know, usually you can't drive them. They're foam models, they're clay models. They're usually not drivable units, but how do you do those things? So we, we've been dabbling in virtual reality for a while. And so what we were seeing is that when we were providing virtual experience events at events and at experiential opportunities, people were converting much higher into future lead generation forms than what we typically see at events. And so I think the behavior has been seated there for a long time. I think we're going to start to see the platforms and the accessibility. That's going to be increasing. And I think that to me is going to be what the next frontier will be when it comes to digital marketing. I'm one of those people who goes to the auto shows and I could totally see that being a thing. I've also been to many trade conferences and four years ago, it wasn't unusual for an automaker to have a vehicle where the interior was nothing like the interior of a vehicle today. In fact, it was more like a living room where you could watch TV, work. Do you believe that, you know, with EV and autonomous driving, vehicles are eventually going to get to that place? I think the capability is there. The technology is there. That is also an infrastructure discussion. And I think it's a separate one than the EV. And so I think that the ability to do that is there. 
when consumers are going to be ready for it, I think that is still, I think that's still a ways off. I think the way that we've been looking at autonomous drive and I love ProPilot Assist on the car. Is everyone going to be comfortable with hands-off driving? Probably not at first. And I think you need to have some trust with the vehicle. You need to kind of test it out. But when you get used to it, it's a great experience. And I think also on our side, we're taking somewhat of a different approach is that we don't want to lose the thrill of driving. But if, say, you want to take a conference call, that is available. But when you want to lean in, you know, when you really want to drive the hell out of it, that is going to be there as well. And so I think it's going to, again, be based on consumer and the driver choice. You know, you kind of wonder if that desire or that thrill is going to be present with these much younger generations who aren't as eager as we were to get our driver's license at 16, you know, with the Ubers and everything like that. Last week, I actually, I went and I did kind of my first guest lecture at my alma mater, which is the University of Missouri. And the students were just enamored with it. We were using real life case study of what it's like to shoot it. Their very first questions were about the cars. And was it like, what are the cars that we use? And I thought that that was really interesting. So I think consumer trends and what people are looking for in their cars, it's always evolved. And I think it was even different in the couple of years leading into the pandemic. I think it shifted back to where people started to really love their cars and it became much less about car sharing and things like that. And so I think this is an ever evolving territory and behavior, but I do still think that there is a love and a purpose for driving. Unless you're driving on New York City roads. <laughs> that's a different That's a different, that's a different story, need. But that's a very different need. I, I'm always looking for the thrill of driving, but then I hit the BQE and it's a disaster. Allison, sincerely, you are a joy to speak with. I would love to talk shop with you and cars. That was great. Thanks so much. Sure. I, I just remembered I, I took my first driving test in a Nissan. Actually, it was called a Datsun, <laughs> but uh, I failed. That's, an, that's another story. <laughs> that's it for The Current. Stay tuned because next week we'll be speaking with Nicolette Harper, Global Vice President of Media at Marriott Bonvoy. The New Traveler was very, very leisure focused, which was different for us. How do we talk to them and how do we completely change our marketing? The Current is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Loving Caliber. The Trade Desk team includes Cassie Crosby, Yvonne Sikic, Kat Bessy, and Elise Liffering. And remember, we don't believe that there's a set playbook for every single thing. There's no playbook, so you just write your own. I'm Damien. And I'm George. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>